Hey everyone, welcome to the Geek Awakens, where the talk is geekier than setting up part of a desert to play Africa by Toto for the rest of eternity. <laughs> Joining me tonight is Matt. Hello. Tabitha. Hi. And Lydia. Hi, I think I missed something. Yeah, so this was a thing um, in the uh, Namib Desert. We're going to call it that. I don't think that's right. My but geography is terrible. I couldn't it, tell you if you're right or wrong. It's in Africa. <laughs> um, so somebody set up... Uh, it's basically like uh, a lot of um, like solar energy things or whatever. Panels? Not quite panels, because look. It kind of looks like a mini Stonehenge. Yeah, a little bit. But without the top part. A little oh. bit. It's the smallest hinge ever built. But... <laughs> um, but if all goes well... Um, it's going to play Africa by Toto for all eternity. Because that's what the world needs. Yes. Could be worse. Could it? Uh, it could be playing that Ocean to Ocean song. No. <laughs> it could not. It could not be playing that. I refuse. So maybe Africa by Toto isn't so bad after all. It's the only time anyone will ever say that, ever. <laughs> At least it's not that weird remix thing. Oh, the pit bull one? Yeah. Oh. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. That's no. what I'm talking about. Yeah. That should not thing. even be a thing. <laughs> I didn't know it had a name. Yeah. It shouldn't. It shouldn't, <laughs> it shouldn't exist. Yeah. Don't give it a name. The song must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> if you give it a name, it becomes real. Yes. <laughs> oh, but it's very real. Uh. <laughs> if you pretend it doesn't have a name, does it go away? <laughs> I've been trying uh, that with people for a real long time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still there, so I don't think so. <clears throat> so guys, so uh, LodgeCon is just a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard already, LodgeCon is February 9th and 10th at the Will County Fair Atrium in Piatone, Illinois. Uh, they announced just the other day um, the cosplay uh, guests of honor that they're going to have. Um, they're going to have uh, HDC Fabrication, uh, Papa Bear Cosplay, uh, Midwest Eros, which does a lot of Game of Thrones, obs. and then uh, a good friend of the show, Klingon Pop Warrior. We got a chance to talk to her last year. Uh, check out our Facebook page and uh, look for that interview from last year. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so speaking of speaking of Game of Thrones, let's look at, let's start with you, Tabitha. Actually, you know what? I do want to talk about one other thing, and then we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. So make up your mind. Well, you know, I always like to start off with things local. You know, if if applicable. <laughs> And so, um, May 3rd through the 5th in Decatur, Illinois, at the Decatur Conference Center and Hotel, uh, they're going to put on uh, Heroicon. So, um, it, it's really cool because um, the proceeds are going to be- benefit non-profit non-pop, <laughs> group, uh, Games for Troops. So, it's going to have 14,000 square feet, um, and it's going to have scheduled events for board games, card games, miniature games. Role-playing games, uh, LARPs, and other events. Um, it's also going to have, and I thought this was really cool, it's going to have a large open gaming area that's going to be open 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, definitely check that out. Uh, for more information, either check out gamesfortroops.org or heroicon.org. So. Uh, now, Tabitha, let's talk about the uh, game, the teaser for Game of Thrones. Well, we finally have a release date, which is the most important thing we have here. April 14th is the day of my destruction. Um, (laughs) This trailer gave us 
a little bit more, but not much, because HBO is playing this super close to the chest. This showed us more of the Stark children roaming around Winterfell, well, some of the remaining Stark children roaming around Winterfell. Um, I'm not ready. I thought I was ready. I'm not ready. I don't know. I, I have this terrible feeling about how this is going to end because of the, this teaser, which none of you will understand. But I am feeling broken already, and it's not even April yet. So while I'm excited to see this finally come to some kind of fruition, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not ready. I mean, for what it's worth, neither is George. This is true. Don't say his name in my presence. <laughs> See another thing that we're pretending doesn't exist. No, we're pretending he does exist, but I'm like trying to like channel all my like do stuff energy to him. And it's, just, it's not working. So I don't know. I don't know how to help him anymore. <laughs> I've done my best. <laughs> there is no helping him. Maybe if I like offer to like transcribe for him, like, and then just write it yourself. Yeah, no, he's obviously, he seems like you're doing a lot of typing over there. No. <laughs> Don't. Keep actually hitting the delete button. Don't, Don't worry about it. I'm playing Tetris on the other screen. <laughs> Shh. Go to sleep now, George. <laughs> oh, poor George. He always he gets tired so easily. <laughs> well, he's 300 years old and he types one letter a day, so I can see where he would be exhausted. So, um, so speaking of trailers, we had a couple of teasers come out that one we were kind of expecting because it was like one of those like sooner rather than later, but then the other one kind of came out of left field. I want to talk about the left field one first. Um, so summer 2020, we're getting a third Ghostbusters, I guess Ghostbusters Prime movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be directed by Jason Reitman who is the son of uh, Ivan, who directed the first two uh, Ghostbusters. And I say Ghostbusters Prime because it is going to be in the same universe as those two original Ghostbusters movies. It's not going to reference the 2016 one. Um, Raymond has already co-written a screenplay with Gil Kinnan, um, and the plans are to shoot in the summer, like I, uh, in this summer, for a release date, like I said, of next summer, uh, 2020. Um, <clears throat> so sources are saying that... Um, aren't necessarily saying that original cast members are going to be back. Although I've kind of heard chatter that at least Dan Aykroyd will make an appearance. And I would imagine the other three still living Ghostbusters. Yeah. Or the other two, two still living. living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are testing teenagers out for mystery roles. So kind of the chatter that I've been hearing is that um, this movie is actually going to be potentially like the children of the original Ghostbusters taking on that new mantle. Okay. Um I don't really care one way or the other. I mean, I'm just I'm just interested to see the final product. I mean, obviously, you know, the the three remaining ones, like, they're getting up there in age. Like, right. you know. Um, and so they probably wouldn't be necessarily able to carry that whole movie by themselves. I understand wanting to pass on the torch. Uh, I wouldn't I f- want to carry on those backpacks either. Ding, 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 ding. Um, yeah. But that said, like... I don't know, I feel like if they go this route and make the focus on these teenagers, you're going to have a, some of the same backlash that you had with the 2016 Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to have backlash because no one on the internet is ever happy. So, I think if they do it as their children, 
like you said, I think it'll, I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. As long as they did include, like you said, the remaining, the mm-hmm. remaining Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah, those proton packs look heavy. They can't carry those <laughs> in their old age. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and especially with it being in the, in the main universe, like, I feel like if they weren't going to be in the yeah. movie, then why explicitly say that's going to be, you know, like, they're, they're not really saying sequel or reboot right. or anything. They're kind of just being ambiguous about it. But still, like, why even mention that it's going to be in this universe if that's not going to be the case? Yeah. So. Um, the other trailer that we got, we got, finally got our first trailer for uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I, I assume you didn't see it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> to be Matt fair, really... I didn't either because I am so far behind on Marvel movies, it's not even funny. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's just Spider-Man doesn't count. Whoa. <laughs> Matt, did you see it? I did, yes. Yeah. What did you think? I liked it. I like, I enjoyed the last one a lot. Um, I think this one is just going to like continue on with the same kind of same kind of vibe, the same feeling. Um I, I will definitely admit that the early interaction at the beginning of the trailer uh, between Happy and uh, Aunt May was hilarious, mm-hmm. especially Peter's reaction. They seem to be quite friendly, and Peter's like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, totally weirded out by the fact that uh, it seems like Happy and uh, Aunt May might be more than friends. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why he's so happy. He tried. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> my, Not worth it. Nope. <laughs> Not worth my energy. Um, my big thing, especially like, you know, because the, the, the premise of this trailer is that um, Peter and, you know, the fellow students that we saw, especially in the first movie, uh, they, they're going on a trip overseas. <clears throat> so these kids are smart. Mm. You can't tell me that at some point they're not going to try to piece together the fact that, hey, Spider-Man just happens to be, you know, like, he, Spider-Man keeps showing up where, where we they are. are. Yeah. You know, he showed up in D.C. in, in Homecoming, and now he's... I, I that may be, that may be the, the tie between he and MJ. Yeah. Is that, I mean, she's definitely, like, the sharpest of them, of that group. Um, so that may be what, you know, she may figure it out and pretty much just corner him. Yeah. She's a very, uh, very type A MJ. Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, what do you think about uh, Mysterio? I was less than thrilled to see him revealed as Jake Gyllenhaal already. I mean, we know that he's playing the character, but Mysterio has always run around with that globe on his head. You don't see his face. Mm-hmm. It's you know filled with smoke. And, like, the first shot you get of Mysterio is Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, right, in but all have his you gl- seen Jake Gyllenhaal's face? Wouldn't you want to look at that? Well, I know, <laughs> but, like... <gasps> I mean, to a degree, I get that. Like, he's part of the pull for a lot of people, like, to come see this movie. Mm-hmm. But... Leave something to the imagination. Well, that's not who Mysterio is. Like, I don't recall at any point ever seeing Mysterio's face in the comics or in the other cartoons. So, like, the fact that that's the first shot you get was a little bizarre for me. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously they showed another clip where you know, he has the helmet on or the globe or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of him running around with that. But I was not thrilled that that was the first shot we got of Mysterio. I would have rather had like the very first image of Mysterio that we got to be a more classic image, mm-hmm. considering that the costume seems to fit pretty well. It, it's pretty comics accurate. Yeah. But... I don't know if that's the small if that's the biggest thing you know for this then I don't know I, I still think we're going to be in good shape oh yeah <clears throat> yeah um, just going to be interested to see were you falling okay. <laughs> it's that chair I'm telling you it's like I'm not going to lie <laughs> I wasn't for sure if you were about to fall or like you were raising your hand because you had a question no I was <laughs> just trying to not die <laughs> um, but yeah so. And so, you know, this does make me, you know, a little bit more excited for Endgame 2, even though, like, my level of excitement, I can't get much more excited for it. Uh, just because to see, like, how, you know, how that plays in. into Far From Home. Even though I've heard, like, some, you know, speculation online uh, that this might even take place before Endgame, or before Infinity War. Well, I've, I've, I've seen, I didn't get the chance to look at the article, but there was an article that was talking about how that this trailer might have spoiled part of Endgame. And I can't, I can't buy that Marvel would actually do that. Right. Like, they've played Endgame, like HBO has done with Game of Thrones, way too close to the chest to be able to let something like that slip in a trailer. Yeah. So, there's got to be some sort of time frame that we're not... Like, I mean, in all reality, we don't know what the time frame is for Far From Home. Right. We don't know if it's after Endgame. We don't know if it's before. I mean, you see Nick Fury, so at this point, we're going to assume it's before. Yeah. But, huh? So, um, let's go ahead and switch gears to gut reaction. And Matt, we're going to start with you tonight and talk about Netflix. Netflix sent its annual up yours letter. <laughs> um, it's better than the Movie Pass Daily up yours letter, right? Or the Daily Pass Daily. Do you want to buy this other product? Because we're failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was one of those things, like, I saw this, and it just reminded me, like, we always used to joke in college, because every year you would get the, uh, we called it the annual up yours letter. It was like, we upped, we upped ours, now up yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's kind of what this felt like. Um, like but uh, Netflix is raising prices on all 58 million subscribers uh, in the States. Um, they are going to be going from $11 to $13. The basic plan is going from 8 to $9. Um, and the premium plan, which has 4K streaming on select titles, is going to go from 14 to $16. Um, so, I I know people are kind of, like, freaking out about this online because, oh my god, they're raising prizes, blah, 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 blah. You know, they've got so much to worry about with, you know, Disney Play coming out and this and that. It's like, yeah, but, I mean, you still look at the sheer amount of content that Netflix produces and number of home runs that they hit with that content, I still don't see any issue with them raising prices, even a couple of bucks at this point. I just don't. Um, so for me, uh, you know, I, it is what it, it is what it is for prices. So I'm going to go thumbs up on the prices just because I feel like it's going to guarantee that we'll get, continue to get solid content. I was kind of, kind of where you were at. Um, just like, well, first off, Prices increase on everything. 
all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. And also, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, they, they continue to put out really good t- content, and they also put out a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Uh, I'm going to go thumb sideways on it just because, like, the simple math. Like, you know, you're looking at bare minimum. If everybody only had the basic plan, mm-hmm. that's still an extra $58 million a month for Netflix. But I, I would venture to say most people have, you know, yeah. have one of the other two plans. So you're probably looking at close to an, an extra $100 million that Netflix is getting a month just for this increase. Hmm. That seems like a lot of money. So for me, thumb sideways. I get huh. raising the prices, but maybe, maybe just raise it 50 cents. I don't know. Lydia. Um, yeah, I agree with what you guys said. Um, good content, all that. Another thing is, though, I feel like they're probably raising it because a lot of people share accounts. Like, a lot of people use the more expensive one to have the four extra screens. There's families that have one Netflix account for seven different people, i.e. mine. Um, (laughs) so, thumb sideways. Like, I, I get, I get it, but yeah, it does seem like it's a little much. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the only thing I basically watch is Netflix I or ESPN. Like, I'm not, like, a TV kind of whatever. So, without Netflix, I would have no content, basically, in my life. So, if I have to pay a few dollars more, I'm going to do it. I mean, it's not like anybody's going to cancel it, because who's not going to want to watch the next season of Stranger Things? Like, come on. So, <laughs> thumbs up. Good job, Netflix. I don't care how much money you charge me. And as long as it doesn't get above $20, I'm probably going to do it. <laughs> I was about to say, after this episode releases, Tab is going to get an email specifically to her. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and just charge you $50 a month. <laughs> I cap out at 20 Netflix. <laughs> Thanks for listening, though. $19.98 a month. I'm one of those people, though, that that gets me. Like, someone's like, it's $19.99. I'm like, oh, it's only $19. <laughs> It's not. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. I'm one of those people, though, that that works on. <laughs> it's like, this is $50. It's $10 off. And I'm like, oh, my God, I saved $10. But I, I don't think I also still spent 40 Like, that's not how my brain works. <laughs> so, <laughs> keeping with Netflix, uh, Tabitha, let's talk about uh, some of their new content. Um. Yes, let's talk about some of their new content. Um, Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse series, um, including um, her Shadow and Bone trilogy and Six of Crows, yes, um, will be a new Netflix show. They're going to do an eight-episode series. It's going to be created and written and produced by Eric Heiserer, who did Bird Box, which is, you know, everybody's talking about Bird Box, and Sean Nobody's Levy. Seen it. <laughs> And Sean Levy of Stranger Things. Um, I've only read the first book in this series. I'm just going to act like you don't exist. Um, <laughs> um, I've he doesn't only have read... a name anymore. <laughs> he who must not be named is now Mitch. Um, I've only read the first book in the series, but it's kind of like Russian folklore meets like a dark epic fantasy series. Sorry. It's so good, and I can't wait to see how dark Netflix can make this. I'm going thumbs up. Matt. <clears throat> I have yet to read any of these. I've wanted to for a long time. This is just going to finally push me over the edge. I'm going to have to read all of them. Um, and, yeah, it, you know, just kind of like we talked about just with just now with Netflix and raising prices. Like, they continue to put out awesome content. I don't see this 
being not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go thumbs up. I know nothing about the content or you know the source material, or rather. Um, but from what you know, from what I read, from what you just said, it sounds interesting. I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but it looks cool. Thumbs up, Lydia. I also have not read them, but the whole judge a book by its cover thing that covers definitely mm-hmm. caught my attention. So I, I am very curious to see what they do with this. So thumbs up, uh, Matt. Sticking with Netflix, kind of. Uh, let's talk Daredevil. <laughs> So much Netflix. So much Netflix. Well, this is why they're raising prices, so that they can afford to do all these things. Um, so, Netflix has canceled, I mean, not all of them, but most of the uh, Marvel television series, um, including Daredevil, which <laughs> just came out and was super well-reviewed. Um, but the showrunner, Eric Olson, has addressed a fan question on social media recently that kind of may have given a hint to what he has in mind coming up. Um, so somebody asked, can you create an anthology show or just hire the entire Daredevil, 3, Daredevil Season 3 cast? They work so well together and seeming seem to really like each other. That comes through in their performances. Uh, and he just replied back, are you reading my mind? Hashtag working on it. So, not sure if it's going to be something Daredevil related, or if it's going to be just something that he puts together with the Daredevil cast, um, but it looks like sometime in the very near future, the Daredevil showrunner, Eric Olson, and that cast will be getting back together to do something. Um, I have not seen season three. Um, I loved season one, um, and a good chunk of season two, um, but, uh... If they all get together and work on a project, I'm I'm in. So I'm gonna go thumbs up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Again, like I Daredevil was one of those shows I always meant to watch, but never got around to it. Um, but just for the simple fact of how well received, you mm-hmm. know, Daredevil was. Uh, yeah. I mean, if if they could get the gang back together, cool, awesome, thumbs up, Lydia. I think it sounds fun to get a group of people that really like each other back together to do more awesome stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they can do that, thumbs up. Tepper. Agreed. If we can get everybody back where they belong, thumbs up. So, um, keeping with the MCU a little bit, um, take this next story with the biggest grain of salt. Uh, the, the source is fairly credible. He's had a lot of other things right in the past. But um, Charles Murray, uh, Murphy of that hashtag show has said that theor- like the, the plan is theoretically, that Black Widow could be the first MCU R-rated movie. Um, They've been floating around the idea for a while now, and um, it's just kind of one of those things where Black Widow just might just be coming in at the right time. So, um, if it happens, cool. Um, It'd be be interesting. I'm going to go thumb sideways just because, uh, like, some of the things that I've said in the past, you know, like, uh, I think when uh, Logan came out, Mm. you know, like... My concern was like, well, you know, like you've got this character who's been PG-13 and now you're making them R. Mm-hmm. How much are you changing? So as long as they're not changing too much about the character and also not changing too much about the character to make her watered down in other team-up movies, then I'd be okay with it. But we'll see. I But Marvel's never wrong. So Lydia. <laughs> Granted, it is like a theory at this point but i think if they were going to make an r-rated movie out of any of the characters we've seen so far she would probably be the one to do it with so 
I'm going to give it a thumbs up just because I think it would it would be a good one to work with it on. Definitely. I agree with Lydia. Like, if you're going to make anything an R-rated movie, give it to Black Widow. She's, I mean, she's more brutal than we give her credit for mm-hmm. in the Marvel mm-hmm. movies that we have. Mm-hmm. However, like you said, if you have this character that even younger children have become attached to now that are trying to go see the movie and they're like, I want to see this, but they, they can't or they shouldn't, <laughs> like... I feel like that's not a great move on Marvel's part, but like you said, Marvel's usually never wrong, so thumbs sideways. <laughs> Matt? Yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways because, yeah, I mean, the character that they've established is at the PG-13 level. Um, I mean, I know that it worked with Logan, but at this point we have no idea where Wolverine is going, whether it's, you know, MCU or otherwise, so that's kind of like almost a moot point. Um, but, yeah, you kind of established this character at a PG-13 level, um, and then to do a solo movie that would be rated R and then how that would fit back in with the PG-13 vibe in all the other movies. And yes, no, you, you know, you're right. Marvel does no wrong when it comes to these things, but that still makes me a little wary. Um, the other kind of thing too, is that if you go rated R, um, with Black Widow, I wonder at this point how much it's going to feel like Red Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Because Red Sparrow basically felt like the Black Widow movie that we've wanted for so long, and now we're finally going to get. Um, so I wonder if that's going to make any difference at all. I don't know. So I'm going to go thumb sideways. <clears throat> uh, moving from Marvel to DC, um, for Lego Movie 2, the second part, they announced uh, a few new uh, voice characters, or voice actors or whatever. Um, uh, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, and Margot Robbie are going to be voicing their respective DCEU characters in the new movie. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, obviously, Will Arnett is going to continue on as Lego <laughs> Batman, um, but no word of he's going to replace Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please, God. What I wouldn't give. <laughs> um, absolute thumbs up to this. I mean, I feel like those three characters, as, for especially as much... Um, as much as we hate on Margot Robbie and um, Harley Quinn, I think she does the role well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> Tabitha wants to kill me right now. She's she's doing well with the role that she was given. You have someone I don't like being someone I don't like. It kind of cancels it out, and I almost like it. Like <laughs> I didn't know that was how that worked. <laughs> Double negative. (laughs) Um, Also, quick side note. Did you guys realize that in the original Lego movie, Channing Tatum played Superman and Jonah Hill played Green Lantern? The article that I read said that. I had no idea. (laughs) But anyway, but yeah, thumbs thumbs up for Lego movie too. Lydia? I'm very particular about voice acting. So I love that they're bringing in people that are well known right now for these characters to voice these characters. So, absolutely thumbs up. Tabitha. I like things to be seamless and make sense, so thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. I'm going to go with what everybody else said. Thumbs up on this idea. So, um, Tabitha, let's talk J-HUD. When I was reading, in real talk, when I was reading this article, I replaced Jennifer Hudson in my mind with J-HUD. I don't know why. <laughs> Never call her that ever again. Okay? I make no promises. I'm going to need you to work on that. Okay? 
Jennifer Hudson, also known as J-Hud, evidently. <laughs> to Mitch. <laughs> to Mitch. And like a lot of other people. It's a thing. It's a thing. I don't think so. <laughs> I've literally never heard that. The, like, this is not know. like J-Lo, okay? We're not, no. Yeah, like, I feel like you're Jenny from the blocking her, and that's not okay. Because <laughs> she's Jennifer Hudson. She's much more important. Anyway, she's going to be starring in an Aretha Franklin biopic, um, properly titled Respect. It's a thing. You're a thing. Yeah, Google J-Hud, you get Jennifer Hudson. Anyway, That's because that's Google, Google knows yeah. what you were saying. They're listening to us right now. Yeah, they We are. have an audience. <laughs> it's just Google. It's just Google. <laughs> anyway, why is it always my story that you are check for your own guilty whatevers? I can't think of the word I want. I, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Aretha Franklin, biopic. You're being disrespectful. Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to you. I'm sorry to Jennifer. I'm sorry to Aretha. Are you done? Yes. Okay. It's going to be directed by Liesl Tommy and written by Callie Corey. Um, it's going to tell Aretha's story from childhood on. I think this is a great idea. Um, Jennifer Hudson deserves to play this role, and this means the music in this is going to be exquisite. So, thumbs up. Matt, a story about Aretha Franklin is awesome. And yes, I think Jennifer Hudson is probably about the best person you can pick um, today to play her. So, I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I've got got nothing else to add to it. Um, Thumbs up. It's... (laughs) Think, I'm surprised. I think, I think <laughs> everything out already. I think that Ms. Hudson would be <laughs> <more> properly. <laughs> Ms. Hudson. Lydia. What you all said. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> so, even though um, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows came out like less than three years ago, uh, we're getting another reboot, guys. Do we need that? Um, and it's also going to still be... Um, um, produced or whatever by Michael Bay's Platinum Dunes. So, like we've talked about before, in my opinion, if you reboot something and keep a lot of, and I don't know how much of it, but I mean, you know, even the same production company, I feel like you're not going to be changing that much about it. So, no. yeah. Um, as much as I love Ninja Turtles, I don't know that we need this. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's a live action reboot. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go thumbs down. Lydia. I love turtles, but we've had so much turtles. We don't need more. I don't care if it's live action. I don't care if it's more crappy animation like the last one we got. We don't need more. Just leave them be. Definitely. I'm just really waiting on Hollywood to have original ideas at some point in their lives. So I'm going thumbs down. Matt. Yeah, I don't care if this is a new mutation or a reboot <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. I, like, I don't know. I'm also... I'm also of the generation that nothing is going to top the original movies. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad the suits were. I, those suits, like, they for really the time, though, though, the suits they, were really they, good. Well, that's the thing. It's for the time they were really good. And, you know, I I just want to sing Go Ninja. So I'm going to go thumbs down on this reboot. Can I go thumbs down on the fact that Matt is 75 and just said, I'm from the generation. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need your walker to get out of here later. <laughs> oh, let me find my AARP card. <laughs> so it's in your uh, wallet. <laughs> get a discount on my walker. <laughs> <laughs> 
You, you get the free tennis balls that go <laughs> on the bottom. Oh, that'd be nice of them. I want to scuff your floors. <laughs> Speaking of reboots from the 80s, Matt, let's talk Masters of the Universe. So, they've been trying to get this off the ground for I don't even know how long anymore. Um, but Sony and Mattel are going forward, uh, continuing to try and move forward with this Masters of the Universe reboot. Um, but they have a pair of new writers um, to work on it. So they have hired Art Markham and Matt Holloway to pen a new script. These are the two that most recently did the script for the new Men in Black International. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if the men. I mean, I know that Men in Black and Master of the Universe are essentially very different, um, but in some ways it's kind of a similar mindset. Um, so I, as much as the two projects seem to be very different, I feel like this might be a good idea as far as a new script. I, this is one of those things like I never really enjoyed the first one. It was a Dolph Lundgren mm-hmm. um, from my generation. Yes. Thank you. I just thought I'd throw that out there again just for your sake. Thanks. You're welcome. Back in my day. <laughs> Never. <laughs> There's a lot of things that you're not supposed to do ever again that are coming out of this yeah. one episode. <laughs> Your list of things you can do is very short. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to re-listen to this episode to remember what I'm like. Which you're not allowed to do. You should probably not do that because I'm going to forget and then you'll just remind me and then you won't be able to do anything. <laughs> Fair. Anyway, we're, yes, you were saying that. So... As far as the script writers, um, I'm going to go thumbs up. As far as the idea of a Masters of the Universe reboot, I'm still thumb sideways on this whole project. Yeah. Um, I got to be thumb sideways all the way around. Um, I'm interested in the whole Men in Black, Black International, uh, but all we've seen is the one trailer so far, mm-hmm. so I really can't judge how well these writers are. Um, as far as the reboot as a whole goes, um, man, I, I, I'll believe it when I see it. I feel like we've been... This has been teased to us so many times mm-hmm. um, that I don't think it's coming ever. <laughs> Lydia. I'm also going to go thumb sideways. I'm just not sure we need it. Tabitha. It's a lot we don't need here lately. Yeah, um, so much. <laughs> so much we don't need. Um, I'm also going to go thumb sideways because like you said, like, is this ever going to actually happen? Probably not. So um we got maybe a little more info on the loki tv series i say maybe the kind of back to the whole black widow thing um take this with a grain of salt uh but there's speculation now that you know when when they announced the loki tv series they said that you know it was going to star tom hiddleston uh but now they're saying that maybe he's just going to kind of like serve as a narrator and we're going to see different versions of loki which i mean if you're familiar with the comics at all there have been a lot of different versions of Loki. So, this series could theoretically take place, you know, with Loki as a child and kind of work up to his untimely demise in Infinity War, whether or not he comes back, whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm going thumbs up. I mean, yes, it would be cool to see Tom Hiddleston star regularly in a Loki TV series. But let's be honest, he's a huge star, and that's probably not going to be a thing. Um, but it's still like it, it's he's still it, Loki is still an interesting character, and if I do um, end up 
getting Disney Plus, which I probably will, um, <laughs> this would be one of the reasons why I would get it. Lydia. Thumb sideways. I, like you said, I understand why he probably can't <laughs> have a reoccurring starring role on this. But at this point, he's about the only person that can play Loki to me. So, yeah. Fair. Definitely. I mean, I've said from the beginning that I thought he was not to, like, down Disney, but too big to do a Disney streaming TV show. So I think him as a voice actor or a narrator makes way more sense, like, for the show. I was wondering how that was going to happen anyway. So I'm going thumbs up because I kind of saw that coming in the beginning. Matt? Um, I think I'm just going to go thumbs sideways because, like, as big as he is, it's not like Disney can't afford to pay him what it would cost to get him to do this show full-time. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, they have... I mean, they print money as well as Netflix prints money. So, I, you know, if that that shouldn't be the issue. Um, and, yeah, I kind of have to go with Lydia that it's hard to see anybody else playing Loki at this point. Um, <clears throat> just because it was kind of a surprise at the beginning, but it's become such an iconic role for him. Mm-hmm. So, so. Uh, Tabitha, <laughs> let's talk about X-Men. Um, X-Men is going to be introducing a drag queen mutant named Shade. Um, she was created by the Iceman writer Cena Grace and artist Nathan Stockman, um, and has first appeared in Iceman 4. Um, her power is to fade in and out of dark places, which I think is cool. She's from Shane. Anyway, um, this character, obviously, if you look at the drawings, was obviously very inspired by several of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, in an interview with The Advocate, um... Nina Grace said, I really wanted the series to push readers to new and better stories about the whole queer experience and how it applies to both being both a mutant and a superhero. There's a million different queer perspectives and we're only scratching the surface. Marvel has always been very diverse. So I think this is wonderful. Um, she's going to continue to appear in Iceman and we'll see if she continues on. So thumbs up. Matt. This is one of those things that we continue to talk about when it comes to like making current characters um like changing their perspective just for the sake of being pc like this is the right way to do it is to create a brand new character to bring it in um you know in a in a series and then try and build from there um i think the idea of being able to do that and doing that well um is a fantastic idea so thumbs up um i'm going to uh my my thing with shade uh like i actually i I've been reading Iceman, and so, like, when I when I read the issue where mm-hmm. Shade first appears, like, it's very much, she's very much, like, she's there for a couple panels and then mm-hmm. never again. Okay. And it said that she was in Iceman number five. I honestly don't remember seeing her. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I don't remember it. Um, so, I mean, so if she was in that issue, again, it wasn't, like, a huge role. That said, this Iceman was a limited series, um, and it's actually already over. She might show back up again, mm-hmm. and if so, awesome, cool. Uh, at the same, <laughs> cool, Iceman. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> um, I I would be welcome to seeing more of the character, but I don't know if she was m- more so just made just kind of as a quick throwaway reference, right? Mm-hmm. You know. So <laughs> for that, I'm giving it a thumb sideways. If we see more, cool. I would like to, but we'll see, Lydia. So, so my first thought is, what happens if someone throws her? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you deserved that. You know it. <laughs> I know it. Uh, anyway, um, I think it's awesome. Oh, hey, that's my first shame of the year. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I made it to episode two. Um, I think it's awesome that even if she was just there for a little bit, um, that they're giving more people somebody to look up to and to relate to. So I think that it's really cool that they incorporated somebody like her. So thumbs up. Um, and then, Lydia, we're going to end gut reaction with you and Kingdom Hearts. So... On January 30th, you can start booking a hotel room that is Kingdom Hearts themed in Japan. The downside to this is that it is $494, or no, $424 a night. There are two regular sized beds and one trundle bed. Uh, you also get a Kingdom a Keyblade shaped key for your hotel room door. That you get to keep after you leave. You get to keep the key? You get to keep the key, idiot. Oh, it comes fun. in this cool little box, and you get to take oh, it home after like you it. leave. Um, For $424 a night, you yeah. better. Right? I better get two keys. <laughs> <laughs> but as awesome as that is, I'm a little disappointed because their Kingdom Hearts-themed room, other than having the key- keyblade to open the door, basically just is um, special bed sheets and pictures of the characters on the wall and things like that so while it looks cool i'm not sure it's worth 424 dollars <laughs> um somebody commented on the article that i found saying that it basically looked like a dlc skin for a hotel room <laughs> that's pretty much what it is but at the same time i really want that key that keyblade hotel key so i want to go to japan now thumbs up <laughs> damn it you had me until you told me the price, and I, but I only get to keep the key. Um, <laughs> that just seems like a lot for it not is. like getting that much. So I'm going to go thumb sideways because I'm not traveling to Japan for a key. If I want a key, I'll just go to the hardware store. Oh, that <laughs> yeah, like, looks lame. It's very lame. <laughs> Can you just buy the key? <laughs> Matt. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to follow suit and go thumb sideways because the key is a really cool idea. But yeah, if you're just going to do sheets and a couple of pictures and that kind of price just seems kind of uh, excessive for what? Oh, that's actually really is lame. Yeah, it's very lame. I mean, it's not even DLC skin. That's like. That looks like a art project from high school. I mean, it's like cop out, really. (laughs) But uh. Um, I'm going straight up thumbs down. Uh, $420 a night. Yeah, like, no, like cut that in half and then we can talk. You know, because it, it is cool, especially if you get to keep the key or whatever, right. but like, nah, that's that's a lot of money to spend on. Just wait till someone sells one on eBay and you can have one that way. Okay. <laughs> I do like that they're opening the rooms to be reserved the day after Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out, though. That's kind of that's an fun. interesting date choice. Yeah. So, a um, couple things I want to make sure that we talk about. So, um, Vault Comics has announced that Heathen is coming back with, uh, with new issues in 2019. Uh, it was a... American Library Association Association uh, Yalsa 2018 Great Graphic Novel for Teens. Um, so, and what they're going to do is actually, uh, in anticipation of the release of issues 7 through 12, they're going to re-release uh, issues number 5 and 6. Mm. So, okay. um, they also announced with Heathen that Ashley Woods is going to join the creative team, who is going to be handling uh, page layouts and pencils, starting with issue number 9. So... Cool. Uh, I don't think we ever talked about Heathen. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that much about the series, but 
especially if it, you know, one, you know, is an award-winning comic book series, I kind of want to check it out. Right. <clears throat> uh, also, from uh, Bedside Press, it's a Canadian comic book and prose publisher. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, it's uh, just launched a Kickstarter to reprint um, the uh, uh, Eve uh, Zarambas. I think I'm. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, work from 1986. It's called Work for a Million, and it was the first pulp novel to star a lesbian private investigator. Hmm. Uh, so it, the Kickstarter um, is going to not only is looking to reprint that book, but also uh, have an all new graphic novel adaptation. Nice. So, uh, but yeah, so check that out. Basically, um, well, that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I've got a new tablet, and I pressed a button that I shouldn't have pressed, so now I have to figure this out. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going to edit this part out of it, because it is what it is. You guys all know that I'm an idiot. <laughs> we love you for who you are. So, <laughs> work for a million. Um, basically, uh, Helen uh, Karamos is tied to the busy Toronto life and just wants to get back to Vancouver and peace, uh, but she has one. she's hired one for one last job, and mystery ensues so um but yeah i'm not i'm personally not much of a uh crime person crime novels mm-hmm. i've i've read some in the past um but i don't think that it's necessarily like i'm not i'm not the target market um just because of <laughs> just because of the type of books that i like to read but um it is cool that that is the uh that it is so groundbreaking yeah. and also that like i didn't even know about it maybe it's because from canada i don't know <laughs> So, um, he'll never know, eh? <laughs> what is wrong with you today? I've been, I've been up since once, like five. <laughs> once, once you pop, you can't stop. Like, <laughs> so, Matt. <laughs> sorry, don't give me that look. I'm disappointed in all of you. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, what's going on with Activision? Uh, Activision is a mess right now. Um, so, the biggest thing with Activision right now is that uh, Bungie, who is the developer of Destiny, and Activision have split ways. Um, they were kind of... As Bungie says, like their, their relationship with Activision was never... Like super smooth sailing, um, you know, it was kind of tumultuous even as far back as the first Destiny. Um, but uh, they admit that what they've created with Destiny was something that was very special. But they, after their eight year run, they are moving on essentially. Um, they they announced that there are plans for separation. That both teams are dedicated to make sure that fans aren't hurt by the transitional process. Kind of seems like, if I understand this correctly, that Destiny itself, the property, is going to stay with Activision. Um, oh, sorry, I misread that. Uh, Bungie is going to have Destiny um, fully in their own grasp after this is all said and done, after the, the, the split. Uh, so they'll be able to do exactly what they want with the property um, once all is said and done. The assumption is, in the internet world, that this means that we're going to be getting a Destiny 3 
um, possibly as early as 2020. That obviously has yet to be seen. Destiny 2 is still big. It just released uh, a, an expansion, um, what, just a couple of months, months ago. So, um, you know, Bungie and Activision parting ways. Destiny's going to stay with, Bun- with Bungie. Um, but in light of this, there was an announcement that uh, Activision Blizzard is currently under investigation for fraud. Uh, brought forth by company investors. And this was announced on Monday. So, don't know if this has any relation to the Bungie-Destiny split or not, but there was something else we talked about, talked about a few months ago that was kind of along the same lines. It was like they... Company, oh, it was the movie. Was it the movie pass? <laughs> they, they were trying to split off movie mm-hmm. pass into its own company. And like, oh, by the way, we're under SEC investigation. Like, don't mind us over here. Right? <laughs> Take a look at our left hand and do not look at what our right hand is doing. Like, that's kind of, I don't know. I mean, I know that this was not Activision Blizzard's choice um, for Bungie to split off, but um, it, it kind of seems like that might be a slight diversion tactic in that regard. We'll see what comes of both as things progress, but uh, things are not looking so hot right now for Activision Blizzard. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, and you're absolutely right. The, the timing of the two seems suspect. Yeah, I mean, they don't necessarily have to be related, but they might be related. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, Lydia, let's talk real quick about uh, Red Dead Redemption. So, Red Dead Redemption Two, um, the creators are Rockstar Games and Take Two Interactive have apparently been given a cease and desist letter from the Pinkerton Consulting Investigations Agency. Uh, Apparently they're not very happy about a couple things. Uh, They're not happy about uh, Red Dead Redemption's use of their company name and historical background in their game. And they're also trying to get royalties out of them now for using their name. from what I read, it seems like Rockstar uh, Games kind of got a counter thing going to where they can't really sue them properly for it because um, this isn't the first um, media piece that the Pinkertons have been um, mentioned in or associated with. So they're basically saying, if you're going to say something about this, you should have said something way before now, Mm -hmm. because it's been mentioned in Deadwood and a couple other things I don't remember right off the top of my head, but like... I was going to say, the Pinkerton agency or whatever is not... I I haven't watched Deadwood, I haven't played Red Dead, but it's not an unfamiliar name when you think about... like. The Wild West. No, it's as... very well known. <clears throat> so when you consider they were like set to take down people like J- Jesse James and mm-hmm. Sundance Kid and stuff like that, like they're very well known as far as that history goes. So when you get into games and TV shows that deal with that era, it's gonna get brought up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I was highly amused that they're basically like, you know, if you wanted to bring this up, you really should have done it a while ago. So, yeah. no, nope, sorry, bye. <laughs> yeah, especially especially with as uh, popular as Red Dead Redemption has mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it seems like they're definitely just kind of trying to cash in yeah. on that. They also brought uh, Rockstar Games also brought up that 
they're really not that prominent in the game series or in the game anyway. They only show up in ten out of the hundred and six missions in the game. Oh. So it's not even okay. like they're there the entire time. <laughs> right. Um, Matt, let's talk about Star Wars. So, Star Wars. Um, (laughs) there has been rumors for, I don't know, probably pretty much forever, um, that there was going to be an open world Star Wars game. So something that would be along the lines of like Skyrim, um, or Red Dead, but set in the Star Wars universe. Which I think would be amazing. Um, there's so much universe to explore there. But the since um, Visceral Games took over um, as EA was having problems uh, back in um, October of 17, the... This was kind of rumored the game that they were working on is open world Star Wars game. Uh, it kind of seems to be at this point that along with Visceral's demise and that split, um, that this game is really just it's dead in the water. Like it's not going to happen. So, uh, it, not super thrilled about that idea that it's not going to happen. But it's not really a big surprise because there was never anything like, "Hey, this is what's going on." Where you announced this big project is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so, nothing ever really solid about it to begin with, no. so it's not like they had a bunch of stuff out there already. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It sucks because this would be an awesome thing for the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if it's not going to be done well and it's not going to be done right, then it's better not to do it at all. Yeah, exactly. So, so. <laughs> all right, um, let's do one more story. Um, Normally, I like to, you know, get a consensus of what we should talk about. But the last story I really, really, really wanted to talk about. And, Tabitha, let's talk about... Why is it always me? It's not, <laughs> it's not always you. I think it's been I think it's been you all year. But, um... Uh, <laughs> so episodes we've done this year. <laughs> but let's talk about robot dogs. Oh, let's. <laughs> At the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, Continental Delivery Service debuted their RoboDog concept. RoboDogs, little cute little robot dogs, will bring your packages to your door after they are driven there in self-driving Continental cube cars. (laughs) (laughs) The dogs are trained to navigate sidewalks, walk upstairs, and ring your doorbell. Here's the thing. There's a 100% chance I would steal one of these if I came to my door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they're so cute <laughs> I want this to be how everything everywhere is delivered for the rest of all time how did Tabitha end up in jail well you see what happened was right. <laughs> suddenly there were like 50 robo dogs in her house and no one knew how they got there but her neighborhood never got their package <laughs> <laughs> I could see you still like Delivering the packages, you know, to make sure that people got what they paid yeah. for. But I'm you a would kind keep the soul, but I would definitely keep the dog. <laughs> They're so cute, and they get dropped off in the little cubes, and then they scurry back to the little cubes. And I want everything to be delivered this way: my food, my mail, like I, every my groceries, like everything comes to me by. Uber dog eats now. me a dog. <gasps> yes. <laughs> it would just be milk bones, though. 
almost made it out, Mitch. <laughs> you were so. I was close. covering you too. Like, come on, man. Work <laughs> so with me. <laughs> so close. It doesn't really matter. I already got another one this episode. I know, but you almost made it out without two. <laughs> it was unheard of for you. But, but I know, I, I know you're joking. But at the same time, it's like those are totally getting stolen. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Right, but you got to think that they've got to have some kind of um, protection against that. Oh, I'm sure there's like tracking devices, and you know yeah. they know where those dogs were, and they'll come to your house and they'll get their fifty thousand dollar robot dog back from you. <laughs> I, I want to see my dog interact with the delivery dog. Like, are they both going to sniff each other? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. My dog would probably just look at it and walk away because he's very disinterested in basically everything that's not food or sleep. <laughs> he is my spirit animal, literally. <laughs> They're so strangely adorable. They're so cute. They, yeah, they kind of remind me of the Boston Dynamics stuff, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they're puppies, so it's better. Because it's not a full blown dog. Yeah. Delivery puppies instead mm-hmm. of delivery dogs. All dogs are puppies. At some point, yes. Mm-hmm. No, no, forever. Yeah. Every dog. Is Every a dog puppy. is a puppy. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. I mean, that's like saying all humans are babies. <laughs> well, <laughs> have you been most of the- <laughs> Have you been on the internet? <laughs> Fair. Fair. <laughs> all humans are babies. <laughs> But all dogs are puppies. I don't care if that dog is 15 and a Great Dane with a beard. I'm calling it a puppy. <laughs> also, you know why they made uh, delivery dogs and not delivery cats, right? Watch it, Lydia. You've already got two chains. <laughs> because they would just knock stuff over. <laughs> they would just knock everything out of the car. Okay, there. That's true. Put it on the porch and then knock it over and then run away. <laughs> Sounds like me delivering things. <laughs> You're like, oh, it says fragile. Oh. <laughs> Slam. Ace Venturi kicks it down the hallway. <laughs> now I'm just imagining an army of robot tapas. Oh god. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Slash terrifying. That's how the Do world ends. Remember that episode of Doctor Who this season, Kablam? <laughs> I feel insulted, but I don't understand the reference. Probably safer that way. Yeah. It's if I Google this, are you gonna be in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Usually am. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing like robot Tabitha's like playing fetch with the robot dogs. Aww. <laughs> that sounds cute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note. <laughs> Uh, that's all the time that we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next week, but in the meantime, uh, we'll be posting news throughout the week on Facebook and Twitter, so check us out there. Uh, while you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Also, be sure to listen to 217radio.com for the best music of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. From all of us here at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope we'll be back next week. Everybody say bye. Bye! bye.